Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, let's go ahead and get this show started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I believe, sir, that you are still, even though you don't have the kenti cloth on today, you are still celebrating Black History Month. Is that correct? Of course you are. (laughs) How could I be so stupid? Of course you are. Um, Remember, folks, you can always get hold of me. My email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. I don't think that Parler is back up. Last I checked, it was still down. But uh, once that comes back up, my email there is at Miller Frost, or my handle there is at Miller Frost. And I also have a site on on Locals, and that is MillerFrostShow.Locals.com. I have a, a link to the podcast up there, and I also, from time to time, will do a column and post that there as well. And White Boy Malcolm X, with you being fake black, and since you have fully embraced Black History Month, right? Even though today you don't have your Kenty cloth on, you are not doing your impression of Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, you are still full-on black, fake black, that is, and you are still full-on celebrating Black History Month. And this is a rhetorical question, so don't get too excited over there. But uh, I'm just wondering whatever happened to the term African-American, because that's the phrase I thought we were supposed to use to refer to the African-American community. But somehow in the last year, it just got switched to black, went back to black, (laughs) And since everything does come full circle, you know, we've talked on this show several times about having paper bags, and then we went to plastic bags, and then we're back to paper bags again, and plastic is evil, and we want to get rid of it everywhere. You know, we used to refer to people as white people or black people, and then we had to do this linguistic dance of calling them all African-American, even if they had no African heritage, even if they were from England or France, and they were black, they were still, everyone was an African-American, and you had to refer to them as that. And now we're back to, to black, but It's now capital B black. You can't just say black. And that's why, if you're wondering why, when I'm reading news articles, I refer to people as capital B black so you know they're real black. That is because I want to be as respectful and as woke as possible to the black community. And I don't want anyone ever to assume that when I refer to a black person that I mean lowercase b because that would absolutely be totally, totally disrespectful and unwoke. And I would never, ever, ever do that on the Miller Frost show. (laughs) And yes, after a couple beers later, you can answer that question if you would like, White by Malcolm X. So let's go ahead and knock out our news quick hits. And this is a relatively new thing to the uh, the podcast. And it's basically a couple of news stories. It's more or less just quick color commentary on some stuff. I didn't want to waste the ink or the time printing anything out. I just, you know, some random commentary on a couple of different news stories. In our first story... It appears that those uh, those virgin pajama boys over at Twitter are still on their conservative witch hunt. It looks like they have thrown Jim Hoff, who was the editor-in-chief at Gateway Pundit, they have thrown him off the platform. They threw a couple of other people off as well, but that was the, the one of notice that uh, I saw in the news. And folks, I'm just warning you, if you have a Twitter account, you are not supposed to question 
dear leader, creepy Uncle Joe's victory as anything other than completely 100% legitimate. Don't do it. Don't even think it. Don't, don't, definitely don't put it in a text because boom, you are off. You are off that platform. And they've, that, that little weirdo at uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, he'll throw you off his platform too. You know, he also has a, a building of virgin weirdos as well, and they will throw you right off that platform as well. So do not, under any circumstances, question the legitimacy of an election on Facebook or Twitter, or you are out of there. Unless, unless you are Stacey Abrams out of Georgia, if you want to contest your loss, your bad loss in Georgia a couple years ago in 2016 when you lost the election, if you're her, if you're listening to this podcast, you are free to just bitch moan and complain all you want. That's perfectly fine. If you're Hillary Clinton and you want to complain about the 2016 election and how illegitimate that was, and if that was stolen, that's perfectly fine as well. But you are a conservative. Do not say anything about creepy Uncle Joe. The hair sniffer. <laughs> That's what he does. If you are not into football, just to let you know if you haven't seen that already, uh, Tampa Bay did beat Kansas City. So um, what's his name? Tom Brady, who is formerly of the New England Patriots. He's a, they still love him up here. He led them to a, a, his seventh victory and then that team to their second Super Bowl. Don't ask me how I know that. I'm not a random sports factoid guy, but I guess I just saw it on the news. For you liberals out there, I cannot confirm nor deny if that was the power of white supremacy or the, you know, the power of the new thing we have. White power is a, I guess, is a new linguistic term that the uh, the woke left has come out with. So I cannot deny or confirm if that was either of them. It, that's the reason, because if you look, you had a capital B black quarterback and you had a white quarterback and the white quarterback won. There's got to be some systemic racism in there somewhere. I, I just, I don't know. I But, you know, we'll figure it out if we can. And did you know, white boy Malcolm X, COVID Karen is actually a fan of football. Yes. Yes, COVID Karen. Apparently she is. I, Who knows? I don't hang out with COVID Karen, but uh, apparently she got really butthurt that Tom Brady was walking around after the game without a mask and they were ranting and raving about it in the media because they got nothing better to do. So she was upset and he, you know, probably gets his hand slapped or, or, or whatnot. Did you see white boy Malcolm X that Nancy Pelosi... <laughs> She did it again. So she's got her own rules, right, folks? So she can go get her hair cut in San Francisco and no gay man in San Francisco could get his hair cut at the time, which I'm sure they were on the verge of rioting, but she could sneak into a, a salon and get her hair done. But now she has broken her own rules for the metal detectors in the House of Representatives, typical leftist rules for thee, not for me type of, of scenario. I just think, I think she's just trolling Republicans and they fall for it every time. <laughs> Because she's not going to ever be held to account for that. She's just going to bypass that uh, that metal detector whenever the hell she wants. The Republicans are going to squeal like little kids. And she's going to laugh at them. The media are going to laugh at them. They're like Charlie Brown in the football. Because <laughs> they fall for it every single time. I think she's just baiting them and enjoying it. And she probably goes back to her uh, her office there and just laughs at the Republicans. as like, suckers. <laughs> and lastly, I was definitely not going to waste the ink on, on this story, folks. But Claudia Conway... That little human train wreck. <laughs> she is the um, the loopy daughter of uh, Kellyanne Conway and George Conway. And Kellyanne used to work for that evil, racist Nazi Donald Trump. And George Conway used to work for that Ephebophile outfit, the, uh, the Lincoln Project. So I don't know whether he was into teenage boys or it was just that other dope. But uh, they're poor dope. Bless her heart. I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at her and I'm trying not to. I'm, she tried out White by Malcolm X. She has tried out for American Idol. 
Yeah, she she did. Your uh, your your BFF there, Ryan Gaycrest. I mean Ryan Seacrest. Yes, she tried out for that. Apparently, I saw some news blurb about it, and I would have to think that there has got to be a law against abusing the mentally infirm like that. Because that that poor girl is hysterical. She is. Whenever I talk about a dopey hysterical white chick, just picture Claudia Conway, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about there. So. I, I don't watch American Idol. I never have. I never will. And and I certainly won't watch it if she's on there because I, I just feel bad for people like her. I think she's just a hot mess. And, I you know, bless all their hearts in the, uh, in the Conway family. So let's go ahead and jump into our news stories. We have a lot of them and we want to get them done. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, gay is at the front. Transgender gay is at the front. <laughs> the best kind of gay news. And we also have Smoking Gun in the back. And this is from CNN, and here is this headline. Former WWE superstar Gabby Tuft comes out as transgender. And this is when I, folks, this is when I really miss our gay theme song I wanted to play. Moving on up, the Jefferson's theme song, because it seems like we have someone else now, not just Pete Buttigieg, but we have Gabby Tuft. She has come out as transgender, and she has broken through, in some capacity, she has broken through the rainbow ceiling in doing so. Gabby Tuft is ready to show the world who she is. Tuft, a former WWE wrestling star, announced she is transgender this week. This is me, she wrote in an Instagram post coming out as transgender, unashamed, unabashedly me. The former wrestler was active in the WWE from 2009 to 2012 under the ring name Tyler Rex. And folks, I don't know whether Tyler Rex is her stage name or if that is her dead name. And if you don't know what a dead name is, that is what transgenders call their former gender's name. So for example, you had Ellen Page and now Ellen is Elliot Page. So Ellen is the dead name. So if you ever hear someone talk about a dead name, That is what they are talking about, but apparently Gabby Tuft used to also be known as Tyler Rex, and I don't know which is which. In 2012, she left the WWE fame to spend more time with her wife Priscilla and their daughter, and I don't know whether that makes Priscilla a lesbian or not. But her post-wrestling life wasn't always smooth sailing. The previous eight months had been some of the darkest of my entire life, Tuft wrote on Instagram, the emotional turmoil of being transgender and having to face the world has almost ended me on multiple occasions. However, she said, the day I stopped caring about what other people thought was the day I truly became limitless and allowed my authentic self to come to light. Before retiring in 2014, the former WWE superstar was intimidating opponents in TV events like Raw, SmackDown, and WrestleMania. And White Boy Malcolm X, I know you, sir, you have got to be a huge fan of all three of those shows. Middle finger, classy sir. Her signature move, the burning hammer. And I know you folks can't wait to find out what that is. Videos abound on the internet of Tuft wrapping her opponent's bodies around her neck, taking a beat, and slamming them stomach down into the canvas. But the days of the burning hammer are gone, and since then Tuft has taken up work as a bodybuilder, fitness instructor, motivational speaker, and motorcycle racer. Hmm. Now that, folks, that is, that is a quite the mixture of career choices. Now she shared in a news release she is ready to live her truth as a fun-loving and fabulous female. She has finally been set free and ready to rule her world, the release said. 
Tuft and her wife said in the news release that they also want to help others in the LGBTQ community struggling with their transgender identities. And so that is a nice, nice story as our first story of the day. And I think that is absolutely wonderful. And I really actually, in all seriousness, folks, I do truly appreciate what she says about just stop caring about what other people thought. I was I was kind of actually fortunate uh, on that front because I just got to a point in, I would say, my mid to late 20s where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Kiss my gay ass. I don't care anymore. So, And it is. It is extremely liberating not to worry about what other people think of you. <laughs> I got no time on my hands to worry about that. It is all on them. This is from ABC News. And my God, you people, you people are racist out there. How's this? What? Yes, you people. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to. I do have a funny story about that. You actually weren't there, White Boy Malcolm X. This is actually a funny story about saying you people, which you're not supposed to say, because that triggers, that really does trigger woke liberals. So if you are a woke liberal, before I even tell the story, I'm just, I'm warning you, I will use the phrase you people and calm down. It'll be okay in the end. Anyway, there were four of us, this White Boy Malcolm X, this is the Denver days. And there were like four of us in a car and it was Four gay guys. It was me and another white guy. And there's a capital B black person. I had a real black person in my car, folks. And I had a Latino in my car. And if you are a snooty white liberal, I had a Latinx in my car. So you can imagine it. I had two crackers and a capital B black and a Latinx in the car. So the four of us, we were going to get lunch. And it was between games, the flag football thing. And we got in my car and we were driving off to, I think, Chipotle or whatever. And so we were talking. I forgot even what we were talking about. But I was like, you people. So what do you think the capital B black person said? You people. He got all offended. And I'm like, yes, you people. And then I realized, oh, crap, he's thinking I'm being racist. But I wasn't because what was the common denominator? And that's what I said. I told him, I said, what is the common denominator in this car? We're all a bunch of queens, right? <laughs> so when I say you people and I'm referring to another white guy and a capital B black person and a Latinx person, the common denominator is they all like men. And I don't know what kind of hardware they like in their men, but uh, they like men. And so I know that might be uh also triggering to some people in that they were gender specific in what they liked, but that's a completely different story for a different day. So that you people thing, <laughs> that just reminded me of that story. But anyway, you people listening to this podcast, you, if you are white, you are a racist, a vicious racist. And how's this for a headline? Album sales surge for Morgan Wallen after racist comment. And we had this, folks, on our Sunday podcast where Morgan Wallen he said the N-word, and I was like, ooh, you are in a lot of trouble, Morgan, and so you better write that check, and you better get with some woke PC, capital B, black minister or whoever in the social justice community and write them a big check, and they will come out and vouch for you, but you're in a lot of trouble. But apparently, apparently you white racists out there are buying the hell out of his album and teaching him the wrong lesson. <laughs> we don't want him saying that word anymore, and you guys keep buying his album, are you girls, are you non-binary folks out there buying his album? You are only encouraging him to say it again, and it's your fault next time he utters it. Fans of Morgan Wallen are buying up the country star's latest album after a video showing him shouting a racial slur last week. Wallen's sophomore record, Dangerous, the double album, retains its top spot for a fourth week on the Billboard's all-genre albums chart less than a week after Wallen apologized for using the racist language. The country music industry acted swiftly to publicly rebuke him, and radio stations and streaming services removed his songs from their playlists. But fans responded by playing him even more. Billboard reports that his latest album sold 25,000 copies during the week ending February 4th, an increase of 102% according to MRC data. 
Billboard reported that the album's streaming numbers slightly increased by 3%, representing roughly 160 million on-demand streams. Song downloads from the album also went up by 67%. Wallen's popularity has skyrocketed in the last year, and songs like Seven Summers and Wasted on You, two songs I have never heard of, earned him crossover success on pop radio. His album was already setting streaming records, and it's the first country album to spend four weeks atop the Billboard 200 chart since 2003, when Shania Twain's album Up spent five weeks at the top. White Boy Malcolm X, whatever happened? <laughs> whatever happened to Shania Twain? She like, she like ghosted everyone. She was gone. And I tell you what, folks, we could have played her song, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. <laughs> we could have played that uh, for Gabby Tuff in our first story of the day, but she's gone. I don't know where she is. Hannah Carp, Billboard's editorial director, said that some uptick in interest in his music is coming from people, no doubt racist, who are curious about Wallen in the wake of the scandal and media attention. But she said that also shows how his fans are responding to decisions to remove him from the radio as well. Carp said that it may be too early to predict the long-term consequences to Wallen. We haven't seen the full effect of radio dropping his music from playlists. Radio is a very powerful driver of consumption, so it's possible that will end up in decreasing streaming and sales eventually, she said. So you racists out there, you enablers of white supremacy and white power out there and systemic racism who are downloading and no doubt probably masturbating to Morgan Wallen's racist music. I'm just telling you, we know who you are now. And now that Apple and, and Spotify and all these places know that you're downloading the music, they're going to probably tattletale on you to, to Twitter and to Facebook and to, to Pinterest and Instagram and all those things. They're going to throw you right off their platforms. You're out of there, folks. You are all in a lot of trouble listening to him. He's in a lot of trouble until he writes that check. This is from the U.S. Sun. Royal Navy officer caught shooting X-rated films with her semen lover. Oh, and hold on. I better stop that. Two points, folks. Number one, don't get too excited. It is not that kind of semen. It is like a man on a boat type of semen. And, and folks, speaking of which, let me go ahead and give you a trigger warning if you are a woke liberal out there, we will be using gender references in this in this article. So please don't yell at me. I'm I am down for the struggle. I am as woke as can be, and I am really just offended at the US Sun for even mentioning the word semen. Even if it's not the semen semen, it is a man on a boat type of semen. But I'm just giving you a trigger warning that 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 word is probably going to be used a couple times out there. Anyway, let's redo that headline. Royal Navy officer caught shooting X-rated films with her semen lover at top-secret nuclear base. Lieutenant Claire Jenkins, 29, who uses the name Callie Taylor, and I'm assuming, folks, that that is her porn name, kind of a crappy porn name if you ask me, but that is her porn name, has been making money selling porn to order on an adult website. White Boy Malcolm X, did you know that you can order custom porn? <laughs> you can, apparently. I guess Callie Taylor will will sell you porn to order. You can like order up whatever the, whatever the hell you want. You can just tell her, I guess you get some checking some boxes and I want this and I want this and I want this and she'll do it for you on the Navy base. Furious Navy top brass launched an investigation amid fears the couple could be blackmailed by foreign agents. A number of their films, and when I say their films, folks, uh, for you leftists out there, you woke leftists, I'm not talking about one person with the funky pronouns. I am talking about Claire Jenkins or Callie Taylor and her semen. And not that kind of semen. A number of their films were shot inside the Fastlane nuclear submarine headquarters 
HMNB, Clyde, and HMNB stands for Her Majesty's Naval Base. So yes, folks, poor Queen Elizabeth, her naval base is being defiled by Callie Taylor and her seamen, and that is near Glasgow. Last night, a Navy source said, the commanders can't believe it. There could be all kinds of security risks involved. Sources said she had passed a rigorous vetting process to get top secret clearance, including a grilling about her sex life. And can you see those Navy boys asking her about her sex life, white boy Malcolm X, to be like, a, ah, what do you like? What do you do? What do you do? How many semen have you had? <laughs> I can't imagine that. In her role as a warfare officer, Lieutenant Jenkins has commanded a team of sailors on the hunter-killer submarine HMS Artful. She was responsible for the one billion pound vessel's high-tech outer casing of sound-dampening tiles that allow it to glide through the ocean stalking Russian subs. And she was responsible for embarking special forces teams at sea for covert insertions and Tomahawk cruise missiles. So folks, she is not just doing covert insertions on the naval base with her seamen. She is doing it with the special forces outside, off the naval base. But she also secretly poses as kinky Callie Taylor. So she's not just regular Callie Taylor, folks. She likes the kink, inviting punters to pay her to act out their sexual fantasies. She regularly posts explicit pictures and videos with her lover, leading seaman Leon Doddington, also based at HMNB Clyde. So he is not just a seaman, folks. Liam is the leading seaman on the base. In her profile on, of course, OnlyFans, is there anyone not on OnlyFans other than me? White Boy Malcolm X, are you on OnlyFans? Well, I didn't think so, but every time I read a news article, someone is on OnlyFans. She says, I'm 29 and working that 9 to 5 life. I love to be naughty and stay colorful. My naughty side can sometimes get me into trouble, but that feeling of excitement we can get from doing this just makes me so hot and bothered. Lieutenant Jenkins confessed all to her bosses when they challenged her last week, but she continued to post more saucy content over the weekend, including a video with the caption, He really used me. Well, Callie, other than leading seaman Liam Doddington, I mean, I'm, who hasn't? God. She's out there with the special forces. I'm sure a couple of them were having fun with her as well. Speaking of whores, this is a New York Post article and we do like to joke about the incestuous relationship between politics and the media. And how's this to help validate that? Axios reporter reveals relationship with White House aide. And I am not talking, folks, a platonic relationship here. A journalist for Axios and an aide to President Joe Biden opened up about their romantic relationship in an article published Monday. Lovebirds Alexi McCammond and T.J. Ducklow, a White House deputy press secretary, met on the 2020 campaign trail and began dating in November, People magazine reported. We both realized we both felt the same way, said Ducklow, 32. We're both really happy and we wanted to do it the right way. McCammon, 27, had covered Biden's presidential campaign in 2019 and 2020 and got to know Ducklow, the then-candidate's press secretary. At the time, McCammon was in a relationship, so she was already fooling around with someone else when she met this guy. And Ducklow was super single, the article said. So TJ Ducklow, folks, if you saw a picture of him, look at this white boy, Malcolm X. Virgin. He screams virgin. He is a typical, typical millennial pajama boy who lives in his mother's basement, no doubt. 
The pair said they immediately told their respective bosses about the relationship, with McCaymond, a reporter at Axios since 2017, asking to be taken off the Biden beat. She was reassigned to covering the progressive movement, including lawmakers in Congress, as well as Vice President Kamala Harris, a spokeswoman for the website said. And I'm sure, I'm sure they were at Axios was like, yes, inside track, yes. And the Bidens were like, who cares? Who isn't sleeping with a reporter around here? That's part of your job description. Get to work. While the pair worry about how their relationship might be construed due to the nature of their jobs, they said they keep their work and love lives, quote unquote, totally separate. And that is what is called a flat out lie. <laughs> but, but whatever. And here's the last quote. I don't know what she's working on, and she doesn't know what I'm working on. Ducklow the Virgin said. <laughs> okay. Well, you two have fun in leftist paradise there. This is from Campus Reform. <sighs> I don't even know why I'm reading this. Academic studies title claims conservative students hold sexual prejudice, but its conclusion offers key admission. Let's find out more about sexual prejudice. I'm worried about that. A study from university psychology professors attributes sexual prejudice among conservative students to less empathy. So I guess, folks, they are looking to see whether political affiliation and empathy are somehow related to your sexual prejudices. The authors, Syracuse University graduate student Arthur Marsden and University of Texas Tyler assistant professor of psychology Michael Barnett, used this study initially published in July, to explore the alleged link between political affiliation and sexual prejudice towards the LGBT community. And I wonder if these two white boy Macamex, if Arthur and Michael, are a pack of queens on the hunt for more, more horrible, hateful conservatives. According to SciPost, a team of psychologists asked 1,143 heterosexual students to report their political ideology on social issues and scored their responses on a scale between very liberal and very conservative, then instructed them to complete surveys that measured their tendencies towards empathy and sexual prejudice. By comparing these metrics, the researchers found that lower levels of empathy and higher levels of sexual prejudice were more common among conservatives. Thus, we hypothesized that conservative social political ideology would be associated with higher levels of sexual prejudice, the study states. The authors, however, stated in their study that they cannot definitively say that political ideology is influencing empathy, according to SciPost. Marsden told the outlet that readers shouldn't make significant assumptions about sexual, and we will come back to that word significant in just a moment, folks, make significant assumptions about sexual prejudice from their study, noting that the topic is very complicated. Our results do not suggest that every conservative university student is sexually prejudiced or low in empathy only that those higher in conservative political ideology are, on average, lower in these areas. Going back to the word significant, folks, basically, they found no statistically significant difference among groups. And I know this because I have both an undergraduate and a master's degree in psychology, so I've spent many, many hours in psych stats classes and working in SPSS and looking for statistically significant differences among groups. And in between any two groups, you're going to have variances in scores, right? And so when they talk about the scores being lower in those areas, they very well might be, right? 5.01 is higher than 5.0, right? But there's not a statistically significant difference between the two groups. So they're saying, you know, hey, they're lower, but we can't prove that there's any any difference outside of random chance, right? Because that's what you're looking for in a statistically significant analysis is you are looking for a difference between groups greater than chance, right? So you want to make sure that 
to be able to say that, you want to look for certain thresholds like a 0.05 or a 0.01, depending on the research study. And I'm sure they were as generous as they could have to get the results they wanted. And they still couldn't get the results. You know, the scores are lower, but not in a statistically significant way. So basically, there is no real difference between the two groups. And I'm sure Arthur and Michael are a little butthurt about that. God. You go, Queens. Try a little harder next time. White Boy Macamex, have you heard about that dumb chick from Louisiana who put Gorilla Glue in her hair as hairspray? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, who hasn't, folks? I mean, this chick, she is out for her 15 minutes, and that is all over her, uh, I think it was TikTok. Another one I want to punch in the face. Not not literally, so calm down, folks. I'm not advocating violence. Calm down. You know, no trigger warning needed. Just It was a joke. Yeah, she's been uh, all over the news with, you know, embarrassing herself and... Apparently, I was well. I was going to report on the on the original story, but you know, there's fresh news on top of that, and I'm sure everyone's heard the original news, but not everyone has heard this. So I thought I would go ahead and report on this. And the headline is: Woman in Gorilla Glue hair whore may sue over ordeal. So this chick, she's like, well, my 15 minutes might be up, but I'm gonna, I want another 15 minutes. A Louisiana woman who went viral after struggling to remove Gorilla Glue from her hair claims that the hospital nor the company's advice helped remove the hardened adhesive. Now she's considering a lawsuit to get out of the sticky situation, according to TMZ. Tessica Brown hired an attorney, and I can only imagine what kind of bottom-feeding attorney that one is, and is weighing litigation against Gorilla Glue because while the product's label warns against using on eyes, skin, or clothing— it does not mention hair, the outlet reports. <laughs> She's as dumb as a box of rocks. During And I apologize to any boxes of rocks out there listening to the podcast. I apologize for the comparison. During Brown's weekend trip to the ER, healthcare workers put acetone on the back of her head, but instead of getting to the root of the problem, it burned her scalp and only made the glue gooey before hardening back up, according to TMZ. Gorilla Glue is aware of the dilemma and tweeted a statement reading, we are very sorry to hear about the unfortunate incident that Miss Brown experienced using our spray adhesive on her hair. We are glad to see in a recent video that Miss Brown has received medical treatment from her local medical facility and wish her the best. The company goes on to reiterate that its product is not indicated for use in or on hair as it is considered permanent. And the fact that they have to say that in the first place tells you how dumb, how dumb this woman is. And, and can you imagine, folks, being one of those poor folks at Gorilla Glue and one of those poor folks in their media relations department, and they're probably like, oh, crap, this woman is a freaking moron. How are we going to deal with this and be nice to her without calling her a stupid idiot? So I have to put all these nice, warm, little, little, you know, texts out and tweets out and, you know, well, we care about you and we're so sorry this happened to you. And they're probably like, man, what a freaking idiot this woman is. <laughs> I feel sorry for you folks at Gorilla Glue, and this is probably going to cost you a nuisance suit of, uh, of money to keep that uh, bottom-feeding attorney happy and get uh, Tessica happy. because And now your, your label is about to get that much bigger because you are really, really going to have to put it out there about all the things you're not allowed to use it for. And I might recommend, because you never know, folks, you never know what kind of horny queen is going to need lube and not understand that Gorilla Glue is not it. And you're going to have a very, 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 very awkward situation in the ER if you got two queens glued to each other. So if you could throw that in there as well, like no hairspray, don't put it in your eyes, don't use it as sex lube, you queens. That might, that might prevent a lot more future situations. This is from the Daily Caller, and here's the headline. 
Report, Andrew Gillum's sexual affairs with male escort were more extensive than first claimed. And who couldn't see that coming? <laughs> and if you folks are like, well, who the hell, Miller? Who the hell is Andrew Gillum? Folks, Andrew Gillum is the, uh, he was a gubernatorial candidate in the state of Florida. And all things considered, given the articles that we've been reading here on the podcast over the last, say, uh, four, five, six months, he would be the perfect, um, if he's into like gay male escorts, he would be the perfect governor of Florida. But uh, he also came out as part of that whole, he got busted with, uh, and I'll get into the details of that uh, as we get into the article, but he came out during, uh, as bisexual, and what do we say here on the Miller Frost Show about bisexuals? They will do anyone, right? So he came out during some weird, you know, there's like a bisexual awareness or a month or a week or something like that. There's some appreciation. I don't know what it was. I don't, you know, the bisexuals, I'm like, ugh. You people will do anyone, just stay away from me. Um, he came out during that to kind of help deflect from the fact that they found him drugged out and, and with a, a male hooker. You know, I don't know if that helped or not, but uh, apparently they, they didn't do the nasty just once. They did it a couple of times. So let's find out more. Former Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum had multiple liaisons with a male escort, a new profile reveals. The former mayor of Tallahassee, Gilliam's political career was derailed by a sex scandal in which he was found passed out in a hotel room with Travis Dyson, a male escort. Gillum, who lost the 2018 Florida gubernatorial general election to Ron DeSantis, paid Dyson multiple times for sex according to GQ. Gillum had previously told talk show host Tamron Hall that Dyson was just a friend. <laughs> Aren't they always? However, Dyson alleged that he and Gillum matched up on Grindr, a gay dating app. Gillum told GQ that he did not take any drugs, despite the fact that methamphetamine was found in the hotel room where police found Gillum lying in a pool of vomit. So, just like my ex, I didn't do anything, that's not my meth pipe. Therefore, Gillum assumed that he was being set up. However, Dyson told GQ, so this male escort folks, he does like to kiss and tell, that both he and Gillum took G, a club drug that can raise a user's sex drive, and I have no idea what that is. Dyson further alleged that during their previous sexual encounters, both he and Gillum took G. Gillum refused to respond to Dyson's allegations on the record, canceling a follow-up interview with reporter Wesley Lowry, the GQ profile reveals. Gillum checked into an alcohol rehabilitation facility on March 15th, I witnessed my father suffer from alcoholism, and I know the damaging effects it can have when untreated. I also know that alcoholism is often a symptom of deeper struggles, he said. So he's blaming his alcoholism on the fact that he likes to pay for male sex and do, apparently, allegedly, do drugs. And when he was found and passed out lying in his own vomit <laughs> with meth around and a hooker, he didn't know what happened. He just kind of, oops, I don't know what that's about. And he's also bisexual, so he will do anyone, and apparently he will do whatever with, uh, with whatever party drugs are available. This is from the Philadelphia Gay News. Gay university student sues U.S. Department of Education. And if you ever wondered if this kid were gay, take a look at his picture. He has a wicked, wicked case of gay face, similar to Ryan Seacrest. Declan A. Golly, an LGBT university student, has filed suit against the U.S. Department of Education challenging its new role, created during the last days of the Trump administration, that requires public colleges and universities to fund religious student groups that allegedly discriminate against LGBT students and others. The 26-page lawsuit was filed January 19th in federal court for the U.S. District of Columbia. It's been assigned to Judge Amy Berman-Jackson and seeks a judicial order to set aside the new rule. 
Golly of San Luis Obispo is a sophomore at California Polytechnic State University, so he's a little California nut. The new rule requires public colleges and universities to exempt religious student organizations from anti-bias policies that protect a wide variety of categories, including LGBT status. American Atheists and Americans United for Separation of Church and State, two fun groups I bet, are suing on behalf of Golly and the Secular Student Alliance, a national non-religious student organization. (laughs) This queen. I fear for my safety and the safety and mental health of my fellow students, said Golly19. And Declan, (laughs) having read lots and lots and lots and lots of articles about what's going on on a college campus today, I think the mental health thing, (laughs) it is a lost cause, girlfriend. If colleges now have to promote student organizations that discriminate, it's hard to believe the campus can keep us safe, (laughs) Speaking of hysterical drama, Queens Declan, Declan, what are you basing this on other than your own need to be the dramatic center of attention for everything? <laughs> these Christians are going to be out, these evil right wing Christians are going to get school funding and then they're just going to come out and they're just going to hunt the Queens. They're just going to spread out over the, the campus here in, in San Luis Obispo and they're just going to, they're going to come get us. <laughs> Declan, I hate to break it to you, sister girlfriend, but nobody cares about you. I bet even your own mother thinks that you are a royal pain in the ass. <laughs> Don't you worry about uh, a Christian a, a Christian group that is funded by the school coming out to get you, dear. <laughs> they got a lot more th- important things to worry about than, than your sorry 19-year-old gay ass. <laughs> You're just so hysterical, girlfriend. Uh, you know, it's funny because we just had that story... A story on DePaul University on Sunday's uh, Sunday's podcast, and it was about you know the uh, the black student union there, and they had to have their own separate black group for black and brown people. So they all want their segregation when it when it's convenient for them, right? And I guarantee you, if they had an LGBT funded group that was getting student funds, and you know those queens are sitting out there going, "We don't want those evil Christians. We don't want no Republicans in this group." <laughs> they are free, folks. The Black Student Union at DePaul, I bet, and any LGBT group on any campus in any state in the union, they are all free to discriminate. I bet at will about who they get to let into their groups, right? Some right wing Christian shows up. Oh, we don't want you. Go, guys, just go away. <laughs> Someone else gets funding that they don't like, and uh-uh, we don't feel safe if they're around. <laughs> Declan, get a freaking life, you stupid drama queen. Jesus Christmas. This is from National Review. And, you know, I used to have, uh, for the ACLU, I would call it a um, a begrudging respect, right? Because they were they were great free speech advocates, and they really didn't care about your political persuasion, right? They would support you if you were a radical left-wing group. They would support you if a radical right-wing group. But they supported the principle of the ability to assemble and speak freely. And that was... That was their cause, right? And they they were fantastic on that. So I, you know, I knew they were kind of kooky and lefty, but I was like, okay, I can respect the fact that they are are willing to stand up for the principle itself, which you don't see a lot these days, right, folks? I mean, you look at um, at Trump's second impeachment, right? And it is a clear violation of the Constitution. I mean, the Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice is like, I'm not showing up to that clown show because it's not something that is is constitutional, but yet. It is politically advantageous to the Democrats, so they're going to ignore the Constitution and and vote to try to get this thing through anyway. But apparently the ACLU has gotten more woke, and they are apparently shifting, shifting their mandate. And here's this headline. 
ACLU shifts mission towards advancing racial justice policies, including reparations. So white boy Malcolm X, since you are fake black, you might have some money coming to you. The American Civil Liberties Union is set to announce Monday that it is shifting towards advocating for an aggressive racial justice agenda, including a push for reparations, according to a new report. The group, which has traditionally worked to defend free speech, will pursue a systemic equality agenda that includes a demand to pass legislation sponsored by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Speaking of dumb as a box of rocks, and again, I apologize to any boxes of rocks out there, that would fund a commission to study proposals on reparations for African Americans, according to Axios. And can you imagine, white boy Malcolm X, being someone stuck in that caravan in Central America, working their way up into uh, to Mexico, and you're going to sneak across the Rio Grande, and you're going to go and, uh, to L.A. or Chicago, wherever the hell you're going to go, and you're going to get a job to support your family, and then, you know, tax man's going to knock on your door. Uh, yeah, um, Jose or, you know, Philippe or whatever your name is. Uh, we're going to here to collect for reparations for uh, African Americans. And like, what the hell? Why do I have to pay for that? Well, you know they were oppressed. They were uh, they were enslaved. You know, a century and a half ago. And we just we really got to get them paid off because they're really being a pain in the ass about this. You know, I was in Central America. I had nothing to do with this. My ancestors had nothing to do with this. We were oppressed by the Spanish, and we're still looking for reparations there. So uh, we really don't want to pay for that. Well, you got to have to you have to pay for it. I'm sorry. Don't make me send the queens with clipboards because they're going to get the money out of you. They're like, ah, oh, crap. I came all the way to America, and what do I do? i got to pay off some other minority group. <laughs> so I, I bet the Hispanic community is like, what the hell is this about? The 100-year-old nonprofit is pledging to invest up to $40 million to expand its staffing in the South to fight systemic racism in the former Confederacy, the report says. <laughs> God, I think they got other places to go other than the Confederacy, but I guess it helps to fit the narrative. We can begin to unlock the potential that is in some of these states and begin to create the political environment that is much more conducive for racial justice and civil rights and civil liberties. You can change the national map, said Anthony D. Romero, who has served as ACLU's executive director for 20 years. The group will also support initiatives for voting rights protections, increased broadband access, internet, good God, student loan forgiveness, and new housing policies to combat racial segregation. It will push for post offices in rural areas with no banks to offer check cashing, money transfers, and bill payment services. Archer said that the ACLU will sue the Biden administration to pursue its racial equity agenda if necessary. And I'm not sure how necessary that's going to be between you and me. President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris made a lot of promises and commitments around racial justice, challenging systemic racial inequality, she said. And now it's time for the ACLU to be a part of the effort to hold them accountable for those promises. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's going to be a tough road to travel getting those two. I mean, well, let's face it, folks. I mean, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. He's going to be in a, a memory unit in six months. And uh, I don't think uh, you're going to have to twist Kamala's arm to get that stuff in, in, engaged. This is from Pink News. And here's the headline. Gay couple confronts woman putting up disgusting and dangerous transphobic stickers. You know being transphobic kills people? <sighs> Here we go with the gay melodrama once more. So if that dopey teenager from California isn't enough for you, I got more for you, folks. A gay couple confronted two women who were plastering disgusting transphobic stickers across Manhattan, asking them if they realized transphobia kills people. Simon Chartrand, 28, and his partner Sean Baugh, 33, were walking down the street when they noticed the neon stickers which read, Trans women are men and most have a penis. <laughs> oh 
Ooh, you don't put stickers like that up. You're in a lot of trouble. Chartrand, who is trans himself. So whoever, folks, was putting up these stickers, they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a world of hurt because they have really pissed off someone who is trans. And you know those folks are very unforgiving. Works for New York's Trans Latinx Network. And so I suspect Simon Chartrand is a snooty white liberal because the only people, folks, that use the word Latinx are snooty white liberals. He managed to catch the confrontation on video and can be heard yelling at the women. You know being transphobic kills people. You want to kill innocent people with your hatred? He's a drama queen. (laughs) He may have started off as a woman, but man, he went to full drama queen mode in a heartbeat. In response, the women called Chartrand a misogynist. (laughs) Chartrand told Gay City News, that's the kind of discrimination that gets people killed. Any child can see that type of thing and act on it. So white boy Malcolm X, holy crap. Simon Chartrand is saying that children will see these stickers and just get this insatiable urge to kill a transgender guy. Mommy, mommy, I want to go kill a trans. Can I borrow your knife? Speaking of drama queens, any adult can see that type of thing and act on it. I wanted to call it out because I didn't want it to be swept under the rug he added. The two women putting up the transphobic stickers have not been identified. The same stickers are also sold by British anti-transgender critical campaigner Posey Parker through her organization Standing for Women. The description reads, These stickers are as dangerous as a lethal weapon. Use with care. (laughs) So folks, if you are in Manhattan, be on the lookout for potential child transgender murderers. Just in case they could be out there, you never know. And white boy Malcolm X, I have a question for you. Do you think that Simon Chartrand, who is now male, do you think he still has his vagina? No, I'm not touching that either. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> just I'm asking as a hypothetical. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that uh, it could be a possibility. Holy crap, we are almost done, white boy Malcolm X. We have three stories left. And how's this one? Ex-White House interpreter canceled and humiliated for supporting Trump. The White House sign language interpreter, who was outed as a supporter of former President Donald Trump, said Sunday that she hasn't been offered a return engagement since and blasted critics who attacked her credibility and professionalism. So the people, folks that move their fingers around a lot and help the uh, sign language, the deaf folks understand what is being said, she's being canceled. Heather Mushaw, who began working as an independent contractor for the White House last year, said she hasn't been contacted by the Biden administration in the wake of the Time magazine report that revealed she translated speeches for conservative social media groups. Mm-mm, honey, you're not supposed to do that. The goal of my activity at the White House or with Hands of Liberty is that it's all about access, Mushaw said. The thing is, I was canceled and humiliated publicly, and it was unfair and unjust. Mushaw, a 41-year-old mother of four from Glen Burnie, Maryland, also said she's been harassed and intimidated online for providing American Sign Language translation for the Hands of Liberty Facebook group and its defunct predecessor, Right Side ASL. Mushaw said she doesn't necessarily agree with everything she translates, but does the volunteer work in response to requests from people who want to see speeches by Republican politicians and other conservative figures translated into ASL. Her critics, Mushaw said, don't want this content to be interpreted because they don't believe in it. Deaf people just want a chance to decide for themselves what information is out there, she said. Well, Heather, that is why folks like, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that is why Jim Hoff at Gateway Pundit and other conservatives are getting thrown off of Twitter because that is not for the deaf people to decide. That is for 
you know, Hobo Jack and that that weirdo uh, Mark Zuckerberg over at Facebook. That is their decision on what people are going to read in the news, not yours. Mushaw also claimed there's a double standard for conservative ASL interpreters and pointed to remarks last year by David Cohen, who translated speeches by Republican Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and other. And if you don't know who Brian Kemp is, folks, he is the one that stole the election. He stole the election from poor Stacey Abrams. <laughs> so when she goes around and she can do that, folks, she can go on Twitter and she can go on Facebook and complain about an election being stolen and no one throws her off. That's who stole the election from her, that evil Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and other state officials after attracting attention for signing a Beyoncé song at the 2019 Atlanta Pride Festival. To me, it doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, gay or straight, I'm there to provide a service and deliver a message to deaf people, Cohen told Atlanta Magazine. Well, I I don't know what to say to this, all this, Heather. Um, I'm sorry, it sucks to be you. I mean, you are, you are being canceled, and there is absolutely zero point in... Uh, in complaining about the double standard, it just, it is as it is because they don't see it as a double standard. They see it as removing hate speech. <laughs> it's convenient how hate speech is defined these days. This is the Daily Star article. And before we get any further with this, I do need to, in all seriousness, I do need to issue another trigger warning for you. Uh, for you folks out there, you millennials and Gen Z, you virgin pajama boys who live in your parents' basement. And I think that is probably the vast majority of you. Um, I just want to give you this trigger warning just in case, because this is probably going to be very, very, very unpleasant news for you. Uh, something that you probably probably should go to your safe space first and, and kind of relax. Uh, don't make sure, please don't go to a black or brown safe space because you might get in a little bit of trouble there. But uh, make sure that go to your safe space, get relaxed, get calm, do your breathing exercises, you know, take whatever medication your 50 therapist tell you to take, because this is going to be a traumatic headline for you. And uh, for the rest of you folks, you know, you're duly warned, but I just want to make sure that the uh, the pajama boy virgins living in their parents' basement, I want to make sure that they get uh, a double a double trigger warning for this one. And here's the headline from the Daily Star. Hacked sex robots could be told to kill users as experts warn it's a piece of cake. Sex robots could be capable of killing unfortunate humans should they fall victim to malicious hackers, experts have warned. The anatomically correct humanoid creations feature increasingly sophisticated artificial intelligence, with each new model allowing users to enjoy a more naturalistic experience. And I already know that those pajama boys are playing with themselves <laughs> thinking about that. However, this technology could be targeted by cyber criminals with violence in mind, according to a new article by Hong Kong law firm ONC Lawyers for Lexicology. It warns unassuming sex robots are equally dangerous as military AI when it comes to posing a threat to humanity's existence. The industry has been booming during the coronavirus pandemic due to the decrease in human-to-human -human contact under lockdown. Yet, as with all infant technology, cybersecurity experts warn that these new robots can be a grave threat to humanity, the article says. Many robots now have the ability to physically manipulate surroundings and wield tools, which could be a disaster in the wrong hands. The authors quote Dr. Nick Patterson as warning, hacking into many modern-day robots, including sexbots, would be a piece of cake compared to a more sophisticated gadgets like cell phones and computers. Hackers can hack into a robot or a robotic device and have full control of the connections, arms, legs, and other attached tools like in some cases knives or wielding devices. Once hacked, they could absolutely be used to perform physical actions for an advantageous scenario, and I don't know what that means and I don't want to know, or to cause damage. <laughs> 
So if you are a virgin pajama boy living in your parents' basement and you got one of these sex dolls or you are ordering one, you're queuing that puppy up to get delivered to the house, mom and dad won't hear because they're two floors up and you and that sex doll can go at it and that is the only kind of sort of human contact that you are ever going to have <laughs> because you work at uh, you know you work at uh, Twitter or uh, or Facebook yeah you just got to watch out i mean you better be very careful with your sex doll cuz it could turn into the freaking terminator and uh, choke you in a way that is just not pleasurable can you see the white boy Malcolm X can you see one of these dopey virgin pajama boys with their little robot <laughs> the damn robot goes nuts on it and they don't know what to do, right, folks? Because they don't know how to adult on anything, right? That's why they live in their parents' basement. So they go upstairs to mom and dad, and they're like, uh, uh, "Mom, uh, dad, or or non-binary parent one, and 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 birthing parent two, or you know, whatever they address their parents these days." And be like, uh, "I I got a, a a friend downstairs, and 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 they they're kind of going crazy, and I, and I don't know what to do about it." And the dad will be like. Or the, um, you know, the non-birth parent, whatever you want to call it. Be like, uh, you got a sex doll down there, don't you, son? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And like, okay, uh, son, you know, we know you're going to be a virgin for life, and that's the best you're going to do. But uh, probably got hacked. I read about that in the newspaper. So I'll tell you what, son, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Just do you know where the off switch is? Uh, I, I think it's in her vagina. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't know where that is. I, I've never seen one before. <laughs> Dad's going to be like, oh, crap. Now I got to go down and deal with this stupid hacked sex doll that's going to go nuts. <laughs> so, oh, man, these kids these days. Goodness, who the hell white boy? Who would order one of these sex dolls? You know, folks, you know what kind of creeper is ordering these sex dolls. <laughs> so, this is our smoking gun story, and here's the headline. Teen called 911 after her fake ID was seized. Cops, Oklahoman, 18, was thwarted by alert bouncer. And you folks in Oklahoma, <laughs> don't blame the fact that you're so close to Louisiana. After her fake ID was seized at a bar, an 18-year-old Oklahoman called police. She called the Popo for help in getting the illegal item returned, according to cops who instead arrested her. Investigators say that Blakely Sands, and <laughs> how do you spell Blakely? B-L-A-K-E-L-E-E, Mom or dad or whatever non-binary parent she had, forgot the Y, added the extra E, sought admittance Tuesday evening to a bar in Edmond, a city outside Oklahoma City. But she was turned away by a bouncer who confiscated her phony Texas ID, which carried the name McKamey Queen, and that is M-C capital K-A-M-I-E, so if you thought Blakely was a screwed up first name, she doubled down on that, and why play Malcolm X? Look at this dopey chick. Yes. <laughs> Skank. Yeah, uh, folks, she's just, I don't know what it is with these kind of dopey millennial Gen Z chicks that they think the nose ring is cool. <laughs> they all have them. I mean, it's like every time you see a picture of a dopey chick, there she is with her stupid diamond-studded nose ring with the boogers on it. But uh, McKamey Queen was her fake ID name. When her demands for the ID's return were rejected by bar personnel, Sands made the mistake of dialing police. <laughs> See this chick. I want my ID back. You give me my ID back. I am going to call the police if you don't give me the ID back. Another bratty little teenager. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Overindulged by her stupid parents who can't even spell Blakely correctly. <laughs> God. She's there with a fake ID with McKamey Queen written on it, and she thinks she's going to outsmart the... Honey... You're dumber than that stupid bartender in Congress, AOC. You think uh, the bouncer there is going to 
Okay, honey, here's your ID back. You got me there. You're dumber than the bouncer. Cops responding to the 911 call were met by Sands, who recounted the seizure of her ID and the bar's refusal to return it. The teenager insisted that the ID was authentic and that she was, in fact, McKamey Queen. <laughs> so dumb she is, chick. She got the popo there. And she didn't run. I would have just got my ass out of there. Okay, you caught me. Later. However, when officers ran a computer check on the license number on the Queen ID, it came back to a male Texas motorist. When confronted about the discrepancy, Sands reportedly said, and what should she have said, folks, she should have just said, well, I identify as male. Because <laughs> the cops would have been like, crap, crap, if she's transgender, I'm not getting in that argument. Here's your ID back, honey. Here's a little some money. Go get yourself a drink. Right? But Sands reportedly said that she thought her fake ID ruse would not be detected by police. <laughs> this idiot, how dumb she is. She confessed to the popo. That miscalculation resulted in her arrest on a holy crap, white boy Malcolm X, a felony charge. Those folks in Oklahoma are not screwing around of presenting a fake ID with the intention of misleading a peace officer. You know, in Florida, even though those folks in Florida, they are starting to crack down, they're starting to throw out a felony here and there to kind of show they're halfway serious, right, folks? Most of the time it's like, ah, whatever it is, I don't care, you know. Anything, assault, you know, carrying around loaded firearms, underage drinking, whatever. Ah, misdemeanor, you know, you do a little bit of uh, community service, you're done fine. It's okay, don't worry about it. But now they're starting to throw out some felonies. And uh, in Oklahoma, you show up with a fake ID, even with a stupid name like McKamey Queen, and they're going to put you in jail as a felony for lying to Popo. The last thing I would do is lie to Popo, even if you're white, like this dumb chick is, and you have white supremacy on your side. Well, if they were capital B black, they probably would have shot them. <laughs> This chick might do some time. And on that note, folks, on that note, we are out of here. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday podcast. It is Wednesday, right? <laughs> I can always say that the days tend to blend during the week. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am Miller Frost here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Uh, we will be back here on Sunday for our usual Sunday podcast. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week. Have a great start to your weekend, and we will see you soon. Take care. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart. 